also say a toe to so. You know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. A, a spooky hello from us, Bottleman. It's Riley and Dan. Uh, it is the That's right. Uh, the 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 start of of scare season, um, where we uh, goths delight my favorite month, mm. Spooktober. Yeah, that's right. It's called Spooktober, and it every goth loves it, uh, especially me. A uh, yeah, it's uh, the, I, I think it's very funny to imagine like a a, a thirty five year old guy who's like I'm actually uh, pretty goth and into and into like Spooktober, like. 35-year-old guy who's like, I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like the best movie. <laughs> I love uh, I love A Haunted House. I love horror movies that make you laugh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just crazy like that. I would never go into A Haunted House. I, I think that's just foolish. You're asking for trouble. If you go into A Haunted House, you deserve what happens to you, I think. I, I, the closest I have been to being in a haunted... I don't believe in ghosts, first of all. I'm a materialist. Uh, I'm a historical materialist. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> exactly. Well, I believe in one ghost. <laughs> I, I believe that specters be haunting things, but... Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, a couple of years ago, Wolf Parade played a show in Powell River, which is an isolated community on the... Uh, on the on the coast of British Columbia, uh-huh. it's not on the island, but it's it's very difficult to get to from Vancouver. This Canadian ripoff of Green Room sure does sound pretty formulaic. <laughs> so we played we played at a uh, at a community hall. It was a great show. It was a warm up show for our uh, our our tour and some shows in New York. And we were staying at the one hotel in Powell River, which is the old like it's been around since like the turn of the last century. Uh, the view from the window are the uh, Dark satanic mills, the lumber mills, um, but the whole entire top two or three floors are were closed off. So of course we got absolutely wasted and uh, wandered around in them. And I honestly wish I hadn't because I, I still think about it. I I opened the door to a room that had um, maybe fifty soiled mattresses just piled up in a kind of non Euclidean sculptural type. Oh, yeah, there was a room filled with children's toys. Oh, that's always weird. Ah, uh, it's never that's never not scary. As soon as a children's toy becomes discarded and grouped with a bunch of others in a room of its own, mm-hmm. creepy. Always creepy. I don't yep. know why, but it's always weird. Um not good. No, that's uh that's that sounds sort of like a haunted house where instead of sort of, you know, a, a an acting student from the lo- local college, you know, sort of bursts out at you and sort of threatens to almost come into contact with you, it sounds like a haunted house where you just get like Giardia, yeah, yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. This is a haunted house uh, where the the ghost was um, uh, the ghost of the single industry that left town. Although the way you're describing it, sort of a room full of soiled mattresses, a room full of uh, your discarded children's dolls, it seems like a place where you could go and be like, be, and, and look down and see this. What's this covered in dust and, and cobwebs? Ah, oh, it's it's a chore wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Why? It's a chore. It's a chore wheel and amoebic seven inches that have been left near uh, space heaters, so they barely play anymore. But some people, someone keeps putting them on the record player. <laughs> this is. Uh, it's. It is a a chore wheel that hasn't been used in thirty years. Why? And this house has been abandoned for fifteen. 
<laughs> it's a handwritten uh, manifesto that ends with a with a, a passionate recipe for lentil soup. <laughs> oh man, I will never, I will never get tired of just thinking about the ridiculousness of anarchists. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yes. Anyway, but we have never going back. Again. We have a, we have. Right, speaking of anarchists, we have an update on Canada's very own uh, sort of neoliberal Sacco and Vanzetti. Uh, That's right. What's we're talking about? My my favorite subject. Yes. Uh, possibly. I mean, I'm feeling a little blue today because this might be, you know, we might have to take a break from full on Michael's content. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that it's important now that our two baby boys are back home. Um, I'm not going to speculate on what they're doing. I was going to make a. I was going to make a blue off color joke. I'm not. No. 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 I'm not going to say about Michael's. I'm not going to say that they're just fucking and sucking in a hotel room in Ottawa. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't say that about our baby boys. Um, No, we we have to do a post Michael's postmortem. Yeah, Yeah. everything's because you know why? Everything's just there's a real sense of uh, uh, there's a real sense in Canada, I think, uh, at least from looking at the Canadian media from over here uh, in another different country that I live in. There seems to be a sense of um, like if if the if the election was sort of precipitated on a slow rolling crisis and resolved nothing, there seems to be a bit of an eye of the storm moment where the crisis is the sort of the slow rolling um, crisis appears to be well solved just because all of the stuff is over. The election is over. The Michaels are back. Michaels are back. Yeah, exactly. And. Yeah, I I don't believe there is a these things have not come to a resolution, but Canada appears to be in a bit of an uncanny valley, right? Canada wants to have a clean slate and it's got a person pointing at like this, the the same like uh, cork board that is filled with post-it notes of things to do that you never did and like important reminders. And it's the same one and say and, and basically saying, all right, we're starting from zero. Let's go. Today is the, you know, the next day of the rest of our lives as a nation. Mm-hmm. So what's what are, what are your thoughts on sort of our sweet baby Michaels and their return? Well, I want to I want to start with the public reaction because it's it's very rare in this country. And we talked about this a lot, like for a country that is. Uh, constantly struggling to find an identity, constantly struggling to put something other than two mining companies inside the trench coat. You know, um, the Michaels thing seemed to really galvanize people. It it gave them a sense of, uh, gave them a sense of like national purpose. Maybe not national pride because the whole thing was so pathetic, but uh, but national purpose. So I want to read some tweets, please, uh, just from some random citizens. The day our Michaels got home. So there's a photograph of Michael Kovrig uh, kissing the ground in Ottawa mm-hmm. after getting off the plane. Yeah. Oh, that's actually him uh, debriefing. By, he's he's yes, he's, he's de- well. No, he was he was debriefed at the uh, at the Air Force Base in Alaska that they stopped for uh, refueling. Of but <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. This photo is by Adam Scotty, and uh, the, the one of the replies is. Oh, Adam, you have done it again. A beautiful picture that captures everything words cannot. My eyes are filled with tears. Thank you for your vision and for bringing this to those of us who could not be there to see the Michaels return. It's, yeah, it's look, our, <laughs> we needed to know we had those guys and 
they just are enthusiastic about the disposition of certain military vehicles. Yes, um, exactly. What, what exactly. do you think? What do you think was the what bit of the sort of or, or I'll rephrase the question. Do you think that Michael that the Michael mania now that we're sort of looking at it in the rearview mirror? Do you think that yeah. what was peculiarly Canadian about Michael mania? I think what was peculiarly Canadian about it was that uh, it was entirely directed by it was entirely directed by our media and it was absorbed completely unquestioningly by the public. Like, I, I, again, like I, I think it gave people a sense of national place and purpose geopolitically, which is hilarious as we'll continue this segment and we'll see at the end because uh, what people were thinking was happening was not really happening. In fact, the opposite of that was happening. Okay. All right. Canada was being publicly humiliated. So um, another, another great, uh, another great Michael tweet. I was thinking about this. You know what? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, sorry. I'll, um, when you get to the end of this, actually, and we talk about sort of what was really going on, right? Well, I'll, I, I have thought of a great comparison, yeah. but please continue. Okay. Okay. I just want I just want to yeah, lay a couple well, more of these on. Uh, bangers on you. Uh, welcome home. I am a stranger to you, but I cried when I heard you and Michael were back in Canada. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me about addressing a Michael and being like you and Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's, I we we all wept tears of joy, right? We were very yes. we 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 had we were made whole again. I mean, yes. I, I also the I think part of the idea as well, right? was that the whole saga represented because if you're if you're from sort of Canada or the states or Britain or whatever when you travel abroad a lot of what you bring with you is the sense that you're you're not involved in the rest of the world nothing bad can really happen to you that you're sort of that's right your whiteness and canadianness and americanness or whatever is kind of a shield against the bad things, uh, bad or sort of un unappealing things in the places you're going. And so to mm -hmm. people who've internalized nothing but this is two random Canadians who were snatched up in a kind of international hostage situation, then mm -hmm. that sense that I am fundamentally safe in the world because of my position at the top of the imperial hierarchy or my position in the imperial metropole, broadly speaking, um, I don't have to you that's sort of shaken, right? Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The, it kind of punctures. It punctures this. We've talked about it like the frictionless world of globalism, right? Yeah. Like, or of a, the frictionless experience of, say, like a white uh, first world dude moving, gliding effortlessly between airport lounge, airport lounge. Oh yeah, know? this is the, it's Tyler. The, the world of Tyler Brule cannot exist with the world of our, our of our precious michaels being threatened and i think that's why yes. when they came back there was an almost like there was a, it was almost like yeah like like people sort of you know throwing their pants at the beatles you know it's it's bizarre like i mean this is the last one i'll read but uh this kind of sums up the the overall attitude best of all from double dose coach uh whose name i believe is doug uh not to belittle the moment but Michael was clearly a yoga man in his cell. So cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cool. There's a lot going on. Awesome. There. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, there. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but it's the it's the same thing, right? Of um, if you have no connection to 
politics, and I don't mean party politics, I mean like the doing of things with other people, right? If you're completely alienated, yeah. then you can only relate to things you like as a fan. And so you sort of, you end, that's why I say I compare it to the Beatles where you know, Canadians who are sort of, you know, completely, especially like, you know, suburban liberal Canadians who kind of politics is carried out like, who are pretty unharmed by politics, but surely politics mm-hmm. isn't really carried out for them. It's for the mining companies, uh, the friend, the trench yep. coat. And you're just co- totally alienated from everything. And so, you know, you're, you understand what's happening sort of out in the world as something you're either clapping for or booing. And exactly. It, it's, it's fandom, yeah. basically. Like, it's, it's the whole idea of fandom. And it, and it expresses itself best online. That's why you get these bizarre, uh, just like fawning, <clears throat> psychotic tweets, like when these two guys return with zero analysis, mm-hmm. right? And uh, to sort of further hammer that zero analysis home, I'm going to read some drivel by Michael Freeman. Uh, another uh, Mike. This is just got- Michael solidarity. I well, I was gonna say, yeah. you know, uh, they had to get a Michael to write this, but this is the the quote unquote piece. They should that have came sent a Michael. Should <laughs> should have sent a Michael. Um, so this is the piece that McLean's uh, had like immediately after they landed. Uh, it would be understandable if spending more than a thousand days locked up in a squalid, overstuffed Chinese jail, Michael Covering returned to Canada angry and bitter. He was, after all arbitrarily detained he lost nearly three years of freedom because china demanded retribution for uh for canada arresting huawei executive meng wanzhou um all right sure that's you know that's one interpretation uh but any resentment seemed to wash away as covering stepped on the plane off the plane at toronto's pearson airport on saturday to embrace his wife who though they are separated has been uh his most dedicated and vocal advocate during this whole whole ordeal there will be plenty of time for unpacking emotions and analyzing foreign affairs in the weeks and months to come. For now, let's just enjoy this moment of bliss. bliss. That is an article that McLean's published. Bliss? bliss? Bliss. This moment of bliss. Jesus. That Michael Covering is back with his uh, ex-wife. You know, uh, for, you know? for Trash Future this week, we talked a lot about um, Keir Starmer's party conference speech. And one of the things he said was that, uh, you know, under a labor government, Britain will no longer be isolationist. Britain is the party of NATO. Lots of cheering. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. Labor well, is the until, party of NATO, in, rather. Until Macron starts NATO, too, with Greece. But what, what the, the, I, I thought that was going to be the most, like, I don't know, some of, just the, the cheering at sort of, you know, just joining this uh, military, military alliance that just has presided over some of the most, like, misery and failure of sort of the last several decades whatever um Mm -hmm. i thought that the cheer to that was going to be some of the most you might say blindly ideological liberalism i will have heard i was wrong (laughs) (laughs) the idea that like the idea that you know there's there's basically should be a national holiday about this right the 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 feast Mm -hmm. of saint of of saint michael uh michaelmas as it's called uh, Michaelmas. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's not talk about uh, the uh, the mascot, Svart Michael. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's it's supposed to be soot from a chimney because he was escaping I from know. Chinese prison. He learned it from the prime yeah. minister. You uh, know, it was his. 
Uh, oh, man. Yeah, so, but I think yeah. this is why, right? Like, this is why, sort of, especially liberals who feel so the last sort of five years feeling quite embattled, um, I think sort of look at liberal public figures, especially liberal public figures who uh, sort of project an air of competence. I mean, it just doesn't really sort of mm-hmm. matter for the Michaels, but you saw it with like any any sort of you know official who would say, "I believe that science is real." Like suddenly, a bunch of people would be like, "I want to get dicked down by that doctor." Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? right. It's fandom. Yeah. It is fandom, and people do not. I I I think because of the very uh, obvious, you see it around you every day. You really do hear about it more and more, folks. Uh, the failure of liberal democracy to provide even basic things that people need. Um, you get this bizarre phenomenon of transposing fandom onto a guy like fucking Michael Kovrig, yeah. who is, you know, no, I, I mean, this is an un sort of emotional judgment of him, but he is literally just a bland guy who was in diplomacy and then got into like pseudo intelligence work via the crisis group. Right. Well, the it, it's, it's because they're not really, I think it's because they have no connection to some idea of the political, especially if, again, if you're like, I don't know if you, if you're a, like a, a liberal voter who lives in Vaughn and is like, it's works in it or whatever. Right, you don't really yeah. have much of a connection to the political. There's been and it's not your fault. It's there has been a massive effort to disconnect people from ideas of the political, of doing things together, right? You know, it's yeah, yeah. we didn't we didn't lose social cohesion because of television. You know, you lose social cohesion quite simply because it's a long-standing political project to do so. Um and yes. so I think what you're really doing is you're kind of showing your fandom, you know, not of these guys really, uh, but these guys mm-hmm. are sort of fetishes for a, a kind of liberalism that makes you feel very safe, a kind of international yeah. liberalism yeah. that makes you feel safe, that makes the world feel very predictable, that feels understandable to you. It reminds you of when things used to work yeah. uh, or your memory of things working, you know? Yeah. And 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 it's weird the fracture comes out in in different ways like i'm i'm not going to read terry glavin's uh piece oh for no not terry <laughs> we're not going to hear from terry glavin yeah i was going to read it but i mean it you know what it is it's he's mad he's angry he wants things to like get back on track mm-hmm. uh i'll read one sentence yeah, go for it. he says uh canada's policy will be grounded in several c words meaning Canada's yeah, policy. Right, I'm sure China. it will. <laughs> yeah, Foreign Affairs Minister Mark Garneau explained on Sunday, coexist, just like the bumper sticker. Yeah, nice. Uh, coexist. Ask, gas, and grass. <laughs> Nobody rides for free. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, sending a letter to uh, to Monsieur Garneau. Where, when will, uh, when co- will Canada <laughs> finally demand its ass, gas, or grass from the rest of the world? <laughs> Uh, coexist compete cooperate and challenge sounds complicated is that a fifth does not terry that does not yeah that is a fifth well terry's fifth c is the word capitulate Uh because that's what he thinks we were doing um uh and he asks what lesson have we learned he's basically saying we need to get we need to get uh very tough on china yeah we need to and this is something you're gonna hear over and over again uh, if you read any 
quote unquote analysis. Yeah, what it means is we're going to have to send our boat. We're going to send our boat yeah. over to China, and then you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know like what like try to roll coal on one of their boats. Like I don't really understand what we're capable of doing. That is something that you know beyond I when these people talk about uh and by these people I mean people like Terry Glavin or any of the big prominent China hawks and Canadian media of which there seem to be more and more all the time uh get tough they never really say what that means beyond like more Magnitsky sanctions and like vague shit about territorial waters Mm -hmm. and maybe what they mean is you know uh we join uh God, what is it? Aukus? A U K U S. Oh, yeah, the uh <laughs> yeah, the um the 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 whole thing where again, uh the the one sane person in Britain, Jeremy Corbyn was like, "What the fuck are we doing joining this thing? What on earth it's <laughs> where it's like it's it is considered to be a cardinal sin to notice that the UK is like a pretty small by the numbers country that's not capable of projecting much power. And that to join yeah. in a military alliance against an organization, a country that is capable of projecting a lot of power, but has no reason to want to invade our island is completely fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, and to uh, hold up Australia as an example, a country that is like absolutely totaled relations with its biggest trading partner God damn. for reasons, you know, like anyway, so please continue. So that's cl- yeah, that's Glavin's take, and you know it it mirrors a lot of uh, a lot of the other sort of like really rabid foreign policy ghouls uh, that populate the sort of upper echelon of our media stratosphere. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. So one media outlet that has learned, I wouldn't say a half lesson, I would say a quarter lesson. Okay, so they were they they were are, there they 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 were strapped there for the start of the lesson, and then they. Slipped out to smoke weed in Burgoyne Woods. A little bit of Riley history for you. <laughs> I'm not going to say that they did a no growth. I'm going to say they did they did a quarter growth. A limited growth. So this is Canada land. Uh, they, they had an episode also kind of unpacking, you know, where do we go from here with the Michaels? Uh, unfortunately, the guest was Jan Wong. Uh, and... I have to say, like, to Jesse's credit, um, Jan was unpacking the return of the Michaels, and and when she was voicing her very strong opinion that the Michaels were absolutely not spies, uh, Jesse chimed in to mention that there were multiple pictures of Spavor with Kim Jong-un, and, you know, kind of voiced, I, I think, like, an honest opinion of, like, it, it would be nice to know, um, it would be nice to know exactly what was going on with these guys. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, that was good, but unfortunately he, you know, Jan continued sort of lining this out. And again, there's like no mention of uh, Kovrig being part of the crisis group. He's referred to as an ex-diplomat. Um, she describes Spavor's activities in China as, and Korea as traveling around the border and taking pictures as you do. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love um, to do that. I love to travel around the borderlands of places taking pictures of bridges. It's my hobby. I collect them. Yeah. 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 And there's, I think, yeah, again, there's no mention of covering uh, is referred to as an ex-diplomat and, and not a employee of crisis group uh, who, by the way, on their website, his uh, his like FAQ page mentions his primary focus is uh, 
relations with North Korea, which 100% backs up uh, the Chinese government. However you want to take it, Chinese media's claims that uh, Kovrig was taking information from Spavor. So that's how they knew each other. And if just looking at, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's right there on the goddamn website. <laughs> you like, just have to look. You just have to look. You just have to click the fucking link. So I gotta say, you know, the the low point was Wong seeming to make the claim that Canadian citizens should not travel to China because it's dangerous. To which I would respond. It's perfectly safe to go to China as long as you're not taking pictures of military equipment and then giving them to your friend who works for like a regime change yeah. cutout. Yeah. You know, like just don't do that shit. Ah, I just problem is I I don't feel like I've really had a proper holiday unless I've you know taken a picture of you know the um how what how and what time the guard at a certain border post changes. Yeah, I don't feel like my vacation is complete until I'm sweatily like stuffing um, uh, microfilm into like a hollowed out part of my suitcase, uh, nervously looking around the uh, room for listening devices. <laughs> no, but so please carry on. Um, so yeah, so so my take on that, you know, basically Canada Land did a small growth. It was kind of one step forward, two steps <laughs> back though, <laughs> because like any of these discussions always seem to have to end with talking about how China is, I, I mean, for lack of a better word, bad, you know, well, China bad. It's like, back to the fandom yeah. thing because you can't, you can't have an opinion about China unless you tell people where you stand about it. You know, you need to, you can't think about, you can't think about what China does unless you do like a vaudeville boo at the end of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. you're not on our side. You're not on. Our, you're not in our fandom, because it's just it's the reduction of. I mean, like it's just spectacle. I mean, it's the it is. Yes. If you, it's why people have trouble. I think specifically with China, re, really specifically in Canada as well. Like they do it in the UK mm -hmm. too, but in Canada, I see it a lot. Is they have trouble seeing it like a state. It's just a play actor in your vaudeville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they can't look at it as a state with the same kind of motivations and interests that a state would have, which leads me to, I think, the most fucking embarrassing thing yes. that our media did on this. And this, this is, is my, this I think is my, this is where uh, uh, my uh, comparison comes through as well. This is this is the absolute cherry on the top. So. So we have, you know, the three year saga of the Michaels, the ratcheting up of um of uh, articles shining the flashlight under their chin and scaring you about uh, China over over these last three years, right? With the Michaels kind of kind of becoming the focal point of it. So three days ago, the person who was arguably, in my opinion, the architect of most of this mess was invited to speak his mind on CBC's Power and Politics show. So I want to just explain um, my very breezy. Uh, you know, uh, zoomed out geopolitical take on on what happened, uh, which is basically so in 2018, there's a feeling in America uh, in certain members uh, or in certain circles in, say, the Department of Defense intelligence community, definitely among the neocon uh, community, whatever was left of it, as it was sort of trying to interface with the chaos orb of Trump's presidency, there was a feeling that the United States had been cheated, you know? This is my opinion, but 
that the United States have been cheated out of a future mm-hmm. by by an ascendant China. These people realized that China was, uh, you know, probably going to be the dominant world power, and they were very angry about of it. Of course, they were angry about things like manufacturing being offshored. Uh, they were angry about things like the fact that America didn't make anything anymore, and they were very angry about uh, a company named Huawei who was developing 5G technology. Mm-hmm which, I mean, you've covered on your show before. I assume most listeners know about it. But the thing to remember is in the context of the way they were thinking about it, they were really thinking about how it was going to revolutionize information transfer and, and you know, the global economy. They were also worried that if Huawei 5G technology was infrastructure was laid down in what they consider to be friendly countries, then the Chinese state would be able to Spy on those countries and by proxy. Yeah, of course. Which is, again, like, I don't know, probably not wrong. Also, something that we do yeah. all the time. Like, we, it's, I think this is, this is, this is, again, this goes back to seeing like a state, right? Yes. Especially if it's a state that has quite, as integrated industries quite heavily into its political, if the political and industrial arms of the state are quite interlinked, then yeah, they'll probably, they will work to achieve one another's goals. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that this is not, you know, I need to shine a flashlight into your chin to, to sort of, you know, understand that. But I, I think yeah. what, what, what happens, right, is at that time, uh, it's, um, there's the, 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 American ta- the American paranoia about this basically leads them to want to take some drastic action, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they, they need to do something mm-hmm. because uh, they, see, they see the domino effect, right? They see countries uh who are friendly to them starting to do business with huawei um getting contracts whatnot so you know the architect of uh a lot of this and and a lot of the you know the the ideology around the arrest of bang one joe is john bolton Mm -hmm. you know a man (laughs) famously uh just ice in his veins like a a, like an actual an actual demon from hell He's a fucking demon from hell. Yes. Like like uh the anti Ned Flanders. Yes. Hundred percent. He so Meng Wanzhou is arrested, uh, and the United States is doing essentially lawfare, right? Like they're using the judicial system to affect geopolitical outcomes that they want. Mm-hmm. They accuse Huawei of fraud they accuse them of mainly of um doing business with iran Mm -hmm. which is uh which has been sanctioned so you know bolton bolton's the architect of this but he and trump obviously have a huge falling out there's a split trump does not trump and the people around him i wish they i wish they'd had a beer summit that would have been awesome oh my god two of them two of the most insane guys in different directions Meeting, meeting up, and neither of them drinks for different crazy reasons. Like Trump, because he thinks it like you know drains your life's battery, and Bolt, Bolton, because anytime he has a sip of alcohol, he's compelled to go find dogs and murder them. <laughs> or, or even I think Bolton, just because like that, that there's a motherfucker with a hair shirt. Like you don't get that that mustache on purpose. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's wearing the sack of woe constantly. <laughs> And he is projecting it out. But no, they. Uh, but I. I wish they. I also. I just wish they could have squashed the beef. Basically, <laughs> that would have been great. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, so his his geopolitical goals, Bolton Bolton's crew completely uh, diverged from whatever Trump. You know, if you can say Trump had like an ideology, geopolitically speaking, mm-hmm. they diverge. Well, because Trump's Bolton ideology, geopolitically out. speaking, was like, I'm just kind of gonna do. Deals. I'm just gonna. I like deals. I'm just gonna kind of do whatever's around and seems easy. I mean, again, one of his best qualities is how much he fucking hated Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. So. In a, in a lot of ways, I guess I guess to sort of wrap that part up. In a lot of ways, you can see Meng Wanzhou's arrest as almost like a, a bizarre holdover from uh from the Trump administration, from this the, this sort of war inside the Trump administration, and the winner out of all of this, as as far as I'm concerned, in the short term is the U.S. So they had a short term win because. All of a sudden, you have uh, all these articles coming about a 5G. You know, we've we've done enough uh, reading of like CSIS papers or intelligence review papers to know that that's like if you're reading anything about cybersecurity, you're going to read something about China, uh, about Chinese quote unquote Chinese 5G, right? Like, like it worked. People backed out of agreements. Uh, you know, Meng stayed in prison and then she's let go, right? Yeah. So the real loser, so so the U.S. achieves short-term goals. Maybe in the long term, it's a mistake because essentially what they've done is use this lawfare to, yeah, shape, th- th- to enact geopolitical aims. And any non-aligned country <laughs> is going to look at that and say, hey, isn't that what you accuse Russia of yeah. doing constantly? <laughs> like... <laughs> no, it's different when we do it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and and you know, and Canada, where what is Canada left with? You know, just total embarrassment yeah. on on the public we're, stage. We're, we're left like, having we're we're left with three years where we were sh- clearly short of our total number of allocated Michaels, right? And no nuclear submarine, yeah. no nuclear submarine, insufficient Michaels. But it's you know what it was. I was thinking about this. Is that um. Uh, the entire, uh, much of the story sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, right? Um, Absolutely. Where, yeah. you know, the, um, you know, spo- spoilers for a great book. So turn it off if you haven't read this. Uh, uh, but sort of towards the end, it becomes clear that like much of the, 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 the British intelligence, right? About, who, about whom the book, on whom the book is focused. The British intelligence agents are pursuing the, what they feel is some great game, that there's a mole, uh, there's a mole in their organization at the highest levels. Uh, Russia's getting all this access to British intelligence, all this, um, and so on. And at the end, I think because like, you know, it's like, 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 um, uh, Lacare versus like, like someone like George Smiley versus like a Jack Ryan, right? It's such a mm-hmm. different view of empire, you know, where Smiley is, uh, is a, a small, irrelevant imperial backwater where the Russians are only the Russians have this mole because they want to lo- they want to feed the British intelligence they know they can do nothing with in order to get them to partner with the Americans because they just want the Americans, right? This yeah. is just a a third country that believes so wholeheartedly in its own importance that it is that it is willing to pursue the entire sort of plot. Of um, oh, this is about this is about the Michaels. We must put pressure on to get them back. We never could have put pressure on to get them back, and they yeah. and they didn't get taken for anything that we did really in the first place. It was just no. it was just a group of you know um, 
uh, you know, I'd say a big, um, a group of very sort of like NATOist, Atlanticist uh, uh, Canadian uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, prosecutors who are like, well, yes, we will do what the U.S. says. We'll, uh, we'll arrest. We'll, we'll arrest who they say to arrest, and then, um, and then in basically being their bag man, we end up paying a cost. But it's a cost we're all too happy to pay because we're just thrilled to be in the room, you know. Exactly. Because Canada, don't mark my words. Canada would sacrifice any number of Michaels to unlimited Chinese prison terms just so long as it keeps getting to be in the room with the U.S. when it does big, important politics. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's being borne out in how hard we're crying about not being invited to the uh, club where we can pilot a nuclear submarine yeah. with uh, Australians. It, it, you know? also, it also like, goes back to how, how excited we are about the Michaels because it feels like we did something important. Sort of our we had the steering wheel we had Maggie's steering wheel in the opening of The Simpsons. It wasn't connected to anything. <laughs> you know, was it? It's it's it absolutely it's was the, not. An, the arrest that was the in, initiating it that was the sort of inciting incident was for the U.S. The release was because the U.S. came to a team came to a, a, another agreement. Well, Biden Biden straight up said he said I will treat these Michaels as if they are U.S. hostages. <laughs> U.S. prisoners, and they did. They absolutely yeah. did. You know, and that's it. They they got to be American. They got to be American out in the world. The greatest gift of all. They were. <laughs> that's right. They got. To, they they were Canadians who were temporarily transformed into Americans. The greatest they dream. Were transubstantiated. <laughs> yeah, and the so to to wrap it up, the biggest humiliation. Of this whole thing, we are Maggie with the with the fake steering wheel. You know, uh, the U.S. is March. The biggest humiliation that we that we enacted upon ourselves is having fucking John Bolton, like the architect, arguably of this of this whole affair, on our national broadcaster, having him talk about uh, how he was angry that there it was non prosecution. Uh, invoking his bizarre like invoking his axes of evil speeches uh saying that we should not negotiate with terrorists he's just allowed to just say that unchallenged on canadian television with no sort of context as to who he is yep. or his his fucking role in shaping the uh poisonous world of geopolitics that we live in today yep. no well we have um, to hear from him because he's in the room and we're not in the room but we need to feel like the room is somewhere we could at some point be Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, the CVC allows a guy who is involved in fucking around Contra to bellow about barbarism <laughs> of of the Chinese state. Yeah. Um, and and you know, the CBC tees up Bolton to basically lay out his specifically paranoid vision of a U.S. Canadian Chinese uh, U.S. Canadian Chinese relations in the next five years, and he does a almost word for word repeat of his axes of evil speeches. And the host is begging Bolton, how can we join AUKUS? Yeah. How can we how please, can we get a bigger Please seat at the let table? us back in the room. When the Michaels were in jail, America was treating the Michaels like they were American. We just want another hit of that. Yes. Yeah, just a disconnect of hearing John Bolton talk about other countries being like responsible or irresponsible actors, mm. right? And that to me. That sums up this whole thing. It was, it was, uh, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a patriotic person, uh, because Canada's three mining companies in a trench coat. But goddamn, man, like 
so humiliating. Yeah. See, for that, yeah. Just, you know what it is? It's, it's, really it's humiliating like watching Alan Partridge is embarrassing. It's vicariously, yeah. it's vicariously embarrassing. I, I got a little hot behind the ears, yeah. is what I'm saying. Well, it's because you hate to see someone toady to America if they kind of, you know, allegedly represent you. Yes. You, know, you really, you really hate to see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, so that's the sad end to, uh, to the Michaels. But, you know, honestly, I feel like we haven't heard the last oh. of uh, well, We certainly haven't. I'm pretty boys. sure we're going to get a CanCon movie about the Michaels. Oh, man. <laughs> Please. Concept album about the Michaels. <laughs> we're going to get Bomb Michael, Bad Michael. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are trademarking that right now. Yep. That's our idea. Nobody yep. else can take it. Um, yep. Film about the Michael. uh Concept album, noise album about the Michaels. I, I, uh, I think uh, I, th- I want Patrick Ward playing one of the Michaels, Comfior playing the other Michael, uh, and then they can have the exact same kind of relate. Get the all of the writers of Bon Cop, Bad Cop back in. You know, I, I think we can do a lot with uh, <laughs> with Bon Michael, Bad Michael. Bon Michael, Bad Michael. What if a French Canadian person was in the DPRK? Yeah, what if that? <laughs> Oh, brings my. the art of clowning to the hermit kingdom. Ah, yes. Uh, so here's uh, the, 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 Jason. Jason Kenny uh, has finally. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about Jason Kenny and the RCMP. Um, okay, let's go. Because uh, <laughs> Jason Kenny is doing what every he's he's making every conservative knew, know, know what they knew in their heart of hearts all along, which that he's a cuck. Uh, he's lib pilled. Uh, he's he's getting everyone. He's on the Stephen Colbert show, dancing in the vaccine outfit. They hate him now. Yeah, they fucking hate yeah. him because he's now they doing a vaccine him. mandate for Alberta public servants. Um, there is, it, 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 it is he didn't he didn't protect their human rights. Basically, love to sow, hate reaping. Yeah, no, of course it's you're no longer in Amer in, in Alberta. You're no longer allowed to get COVID in order to um, show how much you uh, how much you disapprove of Justin Trudeau trying to like do his own frazzle drip video, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's it seems I think it's it's a it's a, a symptom of the same sickness. Uh, I th- the the fact that Alberta is in a completely self imposed. Um, like a completely self-imposed COVID crisis where like, I don't know if you saw this, like Newfoundland and Labrador is like sending, is, is sending like excess ICU trained staff to Alberta. Mm-hmm. Like a, a yeah. very small province is basically sending aid to one of the biggest, richest provinces because purely because of spectacle. Be- yes. Because there are, because they're just like, well, you know, I, um, I, I, be, be, if, if only because the whole strategy of J- Jason Kenney has had as a politician since, since like you know, since before he was the blueprint for Harper, basically has just been to get up on stage and be the vaudeville good guy um, for his band of you know hooting yahoos. Uh, yeah, his, yeah. His, his band of middle managers who drive you know a, a monster trucks, basically. <laughs> Yes. Right, he's there to whip up the base. Yeah, yeah, they're doing donuts around him in the parking lot. And, and, but the whole point of Jason, Ken- like one of the whole points of Jason Kenny, was to uh, piss off the liberals. And I think one of the things that this is showing, right, is 
if your only engage if your only engagement with politics is just spectacle, if you cannot do if you can't conceive of anything other than just I can pull a little lever that um, Mm -hmm. you know triggers the correct boos and cheers, then I'm I'm doing something worthwhile. And for him to enforce a vaccine mandate now means he has had to. He has his role in the spectacle has come right up against reality. Yes, like you can, you can, uh, you can angry up your base in uh, in the in the salad days where there's nothing going on. Maybe there's a housing crisis, you know. Maybe whatever. All those things seem far away, but when you come up against the brick wall of like a plague or a giant natural disaster, that shit just falls apart. Yeah entirely yeah and now like i actually i actually think that like it's a lot of things right if we're talking about like everything going back to like the election sort of having been this period of sort of a a a, a, a build-up and a release of stress but not a not not a solution to anything else not a solution to any of the underlying crises then i think kenny knew that if he had done any of this before the election there would have probably been ppc candidates elected in, in alberta absolutely you know, if he if yeah. he had mandated if he had if he had uh, undertaken a vaccine mandate ppc candidates would have been elected if he mm-hmm. and also he's uh, banned protests from blocking access to hospitals for, yeah again so this like yeah. these you know like like oinking middle managers who just cannot imagine that there is a world that is defined by something other than their individual choices in a market about what they do, right? <laughs> because yes. he, because he needed to accommodate these people, and claimed dozens of lives by doing so. He has pretend he has present prevented, you know, Brock Crocker <laughs> from maybe taking a seat from the Tories in Alberta. And I think it just yeah. it goes to show, right? I I, I mean, it, it goes to show just how much Jason Kenney and just fucking hates everyone who who he he governs he just fucking hates them oh yeah he has no, he has utter contempt yeah. for his base yeah he's he he's happy to whip them up and like he's happy to just like you know have them you know just, it, like have the you know square dance on a big uh, you know Justin Trudeau face or whatever you know he's more yeah. than happy to say i wish i could do one of those marjorie taylor green ads where she takes a flamethrower to a scarecrow called the deficit you know like a like one of their <laughs> one of her political cartoon ads great yeah. uh, but like he's he has run out he's run out of, of sort of, of vaudeville tricks to do because at this point he's just de- choosing to kill everyone in his province and mm-hmm. i think one of the one of the reasons why i think canada is just a it's a, it's a country that can't that cannot maintain it's a country that cannot cannot enforce its own rules it cannot live up to its own values it can't provide for its own citizens like simply because jason nothing's going to happen to jason kenny he's not going to get any no, kind there will be, be no the, inquiry you won't get no, if there's an inquiry it will basically exonerate him and then there's no record no, there will be no you get you're going to see op-ed pieces from a slightly older slightly fatter jason kenny you know in five years yep yeah absolutely <laughs> like like, and people will take them seriously and talk about them. Is he right? Is he wrong? He'll be invited to but speak. Like, he'll be invited to a fucking be, month debate. 
the walrus the walrus will have him on with uh yeah. with you know whatever left whatever's left of david frum's body at that point yeah so it's gonna be J- jason kenny david frum and john bolton asking like you know are we should are we t- are we spending too much on welfare and that's what it's gonna be yeah and and mus- with musical guests the arkells it'll be great <laughs> Like, like if you're, but like if you're someone who's been, who's lives in, um, if you're someone who lives in in Alberta and is someone who considers Jason Kenny your crusader, right? If you're one of these middle managers, and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Jason Kenny speaks for me. Uh, I and I can feel like I'm, you know, I can feel like I deserve this pickup truck because I, you know, because Jason Jason Kenny's out there, like, you know, building a a a, a World Trade Center sized memorial to the victims of communism because he loves how much it triggers the libs or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, what do you have to be feeling, you know, if he's saying now, well, uh, you have there are now going to be some vaccine, not for everyone, but for public servants, there are going to be some vaccine mandates. We're now going to like block you from exercising what you feel is your freedom of speech to like save save your you know aunt from getting your organs harvested and be cloned by you know a uh, by some kind of um, uh, 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 unscrupulous doctor, right? Like, yeah, I think these are these are kind of uh, important things to think about. Tenuous times, because like you know, when you're part of a large group that is constantly getting gassed up, mm-hmm. and and your entire uh, your entire political project, as much as it could be called political, is uh, punishing people mm-hmm. and voting for things out of spite or not voting out of spite and then you know the people in charge are like hey uh you know what this is all just kind of we were just having a good laugh weren't we okay let's uh here's here's reality the come down off of that is terrible so you have two choices you either face reality or you go uh further into Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) into like uh QAnon lawnmower man shit where you're just like you are the guy who is going into the police station saying I'm giving you a cease and desist order from the Queen of Canada that's absolutely right like it is really which way Western Canadian man like (laughs) and I mean we talked so we talked in fact very early on in this in this podcast we sort of talked about this idea of Western alienation right and I think that sort of I think that that sort of doesn't quite get it right I mean I think it's not so much Western alienation is just extreme alienation everywhere. And it's just that the people who are alienated in the way that they're like, you know, excited that the Michaels have come back and are kissing and are kissing the ground or whatever. They're alienated in a different way from the guys who are like, you know, trying to do a ram raid on a a shopper's drug mart because they heard there's vaccines in there. Right. It's it's all different kinds of alienation. It's just one is the alienation that is experienced when you're part of when you're close to sort of physical and extractive industries which is to you know the the resentment of the metropoles and the other mm-hmm. is the alienation of the metropoles where you're sort of a, a, a sort of picked up and sort of cast adrift in this um smooth frictionless world of you know global of global capital there it is yeah right it, these are both yeah. profoundly alienated people and it's a profoundly alienated country and you know i mean just as much as you know, no one, no one in politics really has a plan to deal with the housing crisis. No one in politics really has a plan to deal with that because that's sort of fine. You know, the, yeah. the alien. You, you, all it's you have to them. do is be 
be seen to be dealing, be seen to be making gestures at dealing with the effects of people's alienation. You don't really need to do anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think this country needs like a needs a team building national project, which is why I think we should get um, because we've done them a lot of favors. We should get the Ukrainian military uh, to come over to Canada, and in the center of the country, we'll start building. The world's largest pierogi, the biggest pierogi anyone has ever seen. We're all going to pitch in. Uh, it's going to stretch from Vancouver Island to Newfoundland, yeah. and then we're all going to eat it together. It's perfect. Fine. We're all going to get a collective tummy ache, <laughs> and that way we will learn uh, that we're not so different from each other. We all eat pierogi. We all get the tummy ache. Problem solved. <laughs> Let's put those Operation Unifier dollars to work, baby. <laughs> If you if if we eat the giant pierogi, do we not get a tummy ache? <laughs> if we if if we stay out having two dinners a night, do we not get gout? <laughs> if are we not men? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, tune in next time for Operation Riley and Dan get gout because they're hanging out in Montreal. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be next time. I think that's going to probably be a few time a few times hence. Oh, oh, before yeah. we go though, speaking of the um speaking of the uh mortgage crisis stuff cuz I I'm following this just because like I said, I think it it's my barometer for how seriously anyone in Canadian politics is taking any of the major issues in Canadian politics at any given time. Um Yes. And I mean, so the the liberals are sort of undertaking their plan to um uh reduce uh mortgage insurance premiums which is great because it means that more people can get into housing. But the problem is, is that, um, uh, is that they're, they're also have increased the, um, they also have increased the value of mortgages that they'll insure, which means that they'll now provide coverage for homes that are more than a million dollars. So you can get, it's now 1.25 million and it's indexed to inflation. So it'll just go up, right? So this basically means... Right. We're going to the, the so the, the the plan is we're going to um uh, 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 essentially allow everyone to take on more debt so the house prices yeah. can keep growing indefinitely. So that's <laughs> that's where we are, by the way, on that particular yeah. subject. If you if we want to talk Great. if we want to talk about um ideology sort of having to at some point come into contact with reality. Like the ideology here is much more, you know, is much more um, diffuse. It's much more diffuse throughout many institutions than, say, just a vaccine mandate, because that kind of alienation, that kind of spectacle is a blunt instrument. It's got cart. It's a pantomime of heroes and villains, Uh, whereas Mm -hmm. something like something like the uh, the ideology of, well, we can't possibly reduce house prices, but what we can do is provide is provide everyone with the ability to continue taking on larger and larger and larger debt loads in order to finally get one because again the prices do have to go up forever right yeah yeah i don't understand how these people can't just take a step back and think you know there will be some ideology coming into contact with reality reality and blunt objects if this is allowed to uh progress right like like if rents keep going up and up and up and like you can't and to just 
tinker with Canadian mortgage insurance is just to say, we're just going to keep the party going. And it's sort of, it's a much more diffuse and certainly less bloody version of Jason Kenney saying, you know, uh, uh, Jason Kenney sort of, you know, nodding, nodding obliquely to anti-vaxxers because he's worried about the People's Party, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of this, it sort of rhymes, right? It's a, well, if only, if only there was a precedent uh, that we could look on, historically speaking, for uh, just endless tinkering with the uh, mortgage mortgage uh <laughs> if only right it's know, like maybe and it's not that i'm against like you know easy money it's not that i'm against like like the, some of the a lot of the criticism of this has been oh it's easy money the government's taking too much risk i think it's well no what the gut what it's doing is it's just enabling the casino to keep going it's it's giving you just like it's basically just like you're at the roulette table you're trying to fall asleep and so they just keep feeding you lines of cocaine Basically, yes. and you just keep and you're just spinning. And it's back. In, you're spinning. It's back in the house. Yeah, yeah. You're just spinning it, and you'll never stop because you can just keep doing cocaine forever, and the prices will keep going up forever. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing where we just don't have. We just don't have politics in this fucking country, and that's it. Yeah. Anyway, we should Agreed. do a show about the politics of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no let's watch a corner gas there's been a lot there's been a lot recently yeah yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna watch it we're gonna we're gonna do a monthly corner gas episode just to just to give ourselves a little breaky break that's right uh, <laughs> but uh it has been a delight to talk to you on this free episode of the bottleman uh and i'm talking to you why say use you to of course mean uh you my co-host dan and you are uh, are are very intelligent, not to mention attractive listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more of this, of course, don't forget seven bucks a month Canadian on Patreon gets you a second episode every week. Uh, last week we spoke with the boys from Pod About List all about the um, individual biographies and life stories of some of the more colorful People's Party of Canada members. Uh, and this week we're going to be hanging out with uh, the guys from episode one, watching Corner Gas, Gas, Gas for a Halloween spooktacular, tacular, tacular, spooktacular. So, yeah, it's such content, such good content. Absolutely. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>